Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled The Fourth Man in the Fire. It shall be focused on the study of Daniel chapter 3. Before we go any further, we begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for the manifestation of your word. How Lord you appeared and as the fourth man in the fire to stand for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and they stood for your word. We pray may we be found taking the same stand for your word yet today for we know that you will stand for us if we stand for you. Help us not to be ashamed of taking a stance for your word. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Daniel chapter 3. Chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was 3 score cubits, and the breadth thereof 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors and captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together under the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then an herald cried aloud, "To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace." Therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet flute harp sackbut psaltery and all kinds of music all the people the nations and the languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews they spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar O king live forever thou O king hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet flute Harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp. Sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace 
and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake, and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Oh, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spake, and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their heads singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel, and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree, that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Brenham titled, The Patriarch Abraham. This was preached in 1964 on February the 7th. We'll begin at paragraph 1 up to paragraph 47. I trust you find it to be a blessing. Book of Genesis again, the 22nd chapter, beginning with the 15th verse. And we expect now just to speak for a few moments and start the service. Genesis 22, beginning with the 15th verse. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sands which are upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. What a promise. Because of obedience. Obedience is what God wants. It was once said, obedience is better than sacrifice. 
to obey the Lord is better than any sacrifice that you could do. We're facing now a grand text tonight, the patriarch Abraham, which was called the father of the faith because that God made him the promise uh, to inherit the earth and his seed. And it's through Abraham, we being dead in Christ, become Abraham's seed and are heirs with him according to the promise. Now, Abraham was just an ordinary man. It wasn't something special. God never called him, as far as we have any record, until he was 75 years old. His wife, which was his half-sister, being 65 years old at the time, they'd probably lived together since they were very young. And she was barren, had no children. God called a complete separation to separate himself from the rest of the world and from all of his people and from all of his kindred. There was a special thing for him to do. And when God expects you to do a special thing, he demands a complete separation from any doubt. You've got to come to full obedience to obey what he says. God demands it. You can't do it no other way. And now he always sets an example, and that was his example of a complete separation from all of his family, all of his kindreds, and so forth, to walk a life separated to God. Years passed. Nothing happened. But still Abraham held on. He was not discouraged. He never staggered at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong, giving praise to God. Year by year, as it went by, no doubt, many critics come by and said, Abraham, father of nations, how many children do you have now? That didn't stagger him. No child. And Sarah was past the time of life of bearing children, of course, way beyond menopause. But still, Abraham believed God just the same. He made preparations for the baby because he knew and was fully persuaded that God could not make a promise that he wasn't big enough to back up. His seed should think the same thing, regardless of how unreal it seems, how unnatural it seems to the natural mind. Yet God cannot make a promise that he's not big enough to take care of. We believe that same thing today. Every true seed of Abraham believes the same thing. No matter what circumstances in, how much knowledge we have accumulated, how many things has happened, how unnatural uh, it is to the natural mind, how foolish it is rather to the natural mind, it doesn't make a bit of difference. If God said so, that's it. And the seed of Abraham are settled upon, thus saith the Lord. That settles it. We find out 25 years later, no children, and still God was faithful to keep his promise to Abraham. For Abraham believed God. The little boy came on the scene, little Isaac. Then after little Isaac had come on the scene, then we find out that God gave him a double test. He said this child, after being now about 115 years old or 20, Abraham was, he said, I want you to take this, your only son, and take him up to the mountain that I will show you, and there offer him up on this mountain for a sacrifice. In other words, destroy every evidence that he had that the promise would be fulfilled. That's taken away all the natural things. And Abraham said, I received him as one from the dead. And I'm fully persuaded that he's able to raise him up from the dead. That's the people now, the seed of Abraham. Because he raised us from the dead. We were dead in sin and trespasses. And he who was able to change my mind, change my thoughts, change my nature, change me all over, 
He can do as he pleases. Whatever he says, I believe it's the truth. And every seed of Abraham believes the same thing. Abraham, not disobedient to God, taking the little boy and on this morning told the servants, you wait here with the mules and the son and I will go yonder to worship. And he and I will return. Oh, how is he going to do it? When he goes up to the top of the mountain to take his own son's life, yet he says, the child, the lad and I will return. He knew that something had to happen. And he didn't know just how God was going to do it. That isn't his question. He knows that God promised it. That's all we care to know. God promised it. How's it going to be? I can't tell you. But God said so. He'll send Jesus Christ the second time. He will come in a physical form. He will claim his own. There will be 1,000 years millennium reign upon this earth with him, with the redeemed. That's what he promised. And we are looking for that hour to approach. He promised to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out devils. He promised to do it. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How? I don't know. He promised to do it. We believe it. That settles it. A man believes God, he believes all he says. And that's the way Abraham believed God. Now he was asked to destroy every evidence that is promised to be uh, taken care of. But God, he was persuaded that God could do it. Now not only did he give this great promise, he gave it to his seed also. And because Abraham was faithful and kept the, the word of God that God promised him and know that God could raise up this child, and he spared not his own child, but God was a type of God giving his son, of course, as he packed the wood up the mountain and so forth, as Christ later packed his own uh, uh, sacrifice block up the hill to where he was crucified. We realize that in this, in doing this, it pleased God so well to see that Abraham loved him above everything on earth, even his only son. He loved him above what anybody could say, anybody could do. He still loved God enough to believe his word. All Abraham's seed believes God like that. They are believing God. And we know that it pleased God so well that here's what he said. Thy seed shall possess the gates of its enemy. Thy seed shall possess the gates of its enemy. Remember that thus saith the Lord. Abraham's seed believes that. If you're a genuine seed of Abraham, the faith that Abraham had in God, it's in you. And you believe that what God has said, God keeps his promise. And he said, now remember, he only made this promise to Abraham after he had given him a test. The seed of Abraham must first be tested to see if they really believe the word. Remember, the only way that he could keep the promise of God because he believed the promise of God and was tested whether he believed it or not. We're brought to that test. The seed of Abraham today is brought to that test. Will we take God's word or will we take what man said about it? Will we take what some organization has made up as a creed and accept that or do we take what God said? If God's word is true... We believe God's word regardless of what anything else is. We let every man's word be a lie and God's be the truth. The true seed of Abraham. But before you can become that true seed, you've got to go through the test like Abraham did himself. He promised not only to Abraham, but his seed would possess the enemy's gates. 
all mine. This thing, the patriarch was uh, fully persuaded in, the, in his test of the promise of the Word of God was right regardless of what the circumstances was. He still believed the Word was right. That Abraham, the great patriarch, never wavered in faith when he was brought to that testing time. He believed that God was able to raise him up from the dead. He believed it because God made the promise, and when God made a promise that he'd be the father of nations, and he believed that that was so, he didn't know how it would be. When the baby come, after you trusted 25 years, and asked to destroy the baby, he still knew that God's promise was true, and he gave his son. His seed, the same thing. The promise of God is a seal to those who are the seed of Abraham. The promise is a seal, a signed witness. And when uh, we believe every promise word, then the seal is given to us to confirm the promise by. See, if we, if we being the seed of Abraham... We go through the test whether we're going to believe the Bible or not. The Bible is the Word of God because it is God. And then after you went through the test to believe when some of them says, the days of miracles is past. If you accept that, that's contrary to the Word. If you say you do not receive the Holy Ghost today, there's no such a thing. Just the twelve apostles received it. The Word says, Peter preaching it on the day of Pentecost, he said, repent every one of you. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children. And to them it's far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's just exactly what it means. It's Now, if you're ready to take the test of God's acid test and follow that prescription, I'm telling you, you'll find out that God keeps His Word if you'll believe it. That's right. But you've got to go through that because that's the seal. When you can receive it, then you will receive the promise. Because it's God's prescription, the way we should do it, and that's the way we've got to follow it. Just what he said. Now, not just to some, but to whosoever, whosoever believeth, whosoever repenteth, whosoever believeth. It's to all generations, to all peoples. Whosoever wants to believe it. And faith in God's word brings you to this promise. Then and then only can you have power to possess the seal of the promise. And the promise that we receive, the seal, is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's right. For that is God in form of spirit, you being His Word in you. Then He comes in, if you receive the Word in you, the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can make that live. And then you have the promise of possessing the gate of every enemy that tries to attack you. God promised it. And it's so. Now remember, you can only do it then and then only after being tested by the Word. Abraham was tested by the Word. Will you believe, Abraham, that you'll have the Son? Yes. The Son come now destroying. Do you still believe it, Abraham? I believe it yet, for you're able to raise him up from the dead. And after that, he said, Now your seed shall possess the gate of its enemy. Hallelujah. Amen. After the test come, let's check up on some of the seed of Abraham in the natural seed, which we be today the spiritual seed. But let's find out by the natural seed of some of them that believe the full promise of God and never question.
I said, by the way, what does a Christian girl want to show her underneath skirt for? I can't understand that. You're born again of God. you got the beauty of the Holy Ghost to show that what you are, you are, you've got virtue that these scandal skirts don't have. That's right. Real woman of God that stands out with virtue. You might be laughed at and called old-fashioned, but you got something that they can't touch and done lost it and never can have it again. That's right. you got virtue. That's what God looks for is virtue. See, but the first thing, if there's a question in your mind, don't you do it at all. Don't you come in a prayer line if there's a question in your mind. Don't you come unless you absolutely believe it emphatically. There's not a wave in your mind at all but what you're going to be healed. Then you'll go off this platform a well person. Right. There's not a question in your mind at all. You must believe God, not make believe. Really believe. And the seed of Abraham believes it because the word said so. That's the reason we believe it. Not because somebody's criticized because somebody else said so. Because God said so. That makes it the truth. God says it. That settles all questions. He's the last word. He's the ultimate. When God says anything, that settles it. There's nothing else can speak against it. Every man's word be a lie and mine be the truth. Now, as we check some of these seeds, let's think. We think of the Hebrew children. Uh, I have here thinking of that on the Hebrew children after they had been tested against image worship. Now, you remember the king said, Whosoever will not bow down this image shall be thrown into the fiery furnace. Now, these children believed that God's word was right, that they should not worship any kind of an image. But when they come to the showdown and they were tested whether they would, when all the rest of the children down there received and went to the worship. They went right on in the way the king said. They went with the popular thought of the day that they must do it. And when they were tested whether they would worship images and break the word of God, they stayed true to the word. Regardless of the circumstances, they stayed true to the word. And when they throw them into the fiery furnace, God's promise was fulfilled. They possessed the gates of their enemy. And there's a fourth man standing in there with a key that unlocked the heat from the fire. And it could not do nothing but set them free. Amen. When a man or a woman is ready to take the test, the acid test. You see, they had to go in the fire. And then when they did, they was in the fire. And the only thing that taken place, this fiery test, only unlocked, took the, the bands off of their hands. Many times God lets us, when we get all bounded up with the world, bound up, He lets a fiery test come upon us where we have to make a decision. And when we do that, the only thing a test can do when a real seed of Abraham is standing at the, the crossroads of a decision and he makes his decision to serve God, he can only cut the bands loose and make us free. Satan might give you a disease. He might give you one thing or another. How do you know it's not God? He got you on the crossroads to see what kind of a... Uh, a decision you'll make. They possessed the gate of the fire. The fire could not burn them. There wasn't even a smell of fire upon them because they know that they were the seed of Abraham and they stood for God in His Word. They possessed the, the gates of the enemy and the fire could not burn them because they possessed the gates. Later, there was a man, a prophet down there by the name of Daniel. He would had the test whether he would serve one true God or not. When it come to that time where he served one true God, a worship a heathen God, he refused to do it and throwed up the blinds and prayed to his God every day. He was taught by that by a penalty of the, the federal laws and was thrown into a lion's den. 
A hungry bunch of lions roared out after him. What did he do? He possessed the gate of his enemy. The lions could not eat him. God sent out a pillar of fire, an angel that stood between him and the lions. He possessed the gate of the enemy because he was tested to see whether he had worshipped one true God or have a dozen heathen gods that he worshipped. So he stood the test and he possessed the gate of the enemy. The lion could not even touch him because God was with him. God's promise stayed true for he was a true seed of Abraham. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, to know that You are faithful. And when we stand for Your Word, Lord, You stand for us too. We pray, Father, help us to be ambassadors of Your Gospel as You commissioned us and said, Lord, after we have received power from on high, we shall be witnesses to the utmost parts of the earth. So for any who have not known You in the power of Your resurrection, may the witness of the Holy Spirit become real in their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
was not the last My accusers seek to find me weak And constantly attack Searching to and fro Constantly they go And in my desperate hour Seek to devour and strike the fatal blow.